Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, happy Monday to you. It has been Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with you tomorrow. We've got a lot to talk about, including the COVID-19 origins, guess what? It looks like they lied to you. It looks like Fauci's been lying to you for the past year while knowing there was a very good chance that COVID came out of Wuhan. We're going to deal with that coming up a little bit later. Also, Kamala Harris decided to travel outside the country, not to the border uh, in the United States of America, uh, to tell people that if you come to our border, we will, you will be turned back, which that's also a lie. We're not turning people back. We're letting them come on in. We're going to deal with that in just a minute. But before we get to that, there was something that happened over the weekend, and it was very clear, and I want, I want to make this abundantly clear. This was done on purpose. Uh, I, I did my, my podcast earlier today, and I dedicated it to our men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice in this country on the anniversary of D-Day. Now, you got to understand something. The White House, and if you've ever worked in a White House or around a White House or worked with presidential candidates, I want to make this clear. No one at the White House forgot D-Day. This was a deliberate and conscientious decision by Joe Biden and his entire administration to not mention D-Day. This was not an accident. And if it was an accident, when people were going crazy, as they should, on social media yesterday, asking about why so far throughout the day there had been no message from the White House on the anniversary of D-Day, you then would have corrected the mistake. There was significant uproar yesterday. In the morning, mid-morning, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger as the day went on for the fact that the President of the United States of America did not mention D-Day. Now, do not believe that this was a mistake or an accident or an oops or we just forgot. This was not an oops. This was not an accident. This was a deliberate decision by this administration to overlook one of the most incredible things that has happened in the history of the world. Why is the question you should be asking yourself tonight. I'll tell you exactly why. The reason why is because they don't want to remind people what America has done that's been amazing. They don't want you to have pride in this country and what makes this country so incredible because they're fundamentally trying to change what this country is. They don't want you to have pride, and they don't want you to remember history. Because if you want to change this country into a socialist nation, which clearly they're trying to do, into a communist country, which many on the extreme 
I, I don't even want to call them extreme anymore because they're not. They're more mainstream Democratic Party. I mean, the, the, the Democratic Party is no longer the Democratic Party. I could work. And let me explain what I mean by that, because I think it's important for people to understand where the Democratic Party is now. I could work with a guy like a Bill Clinton. I could work with somebody like Dukakis. I could even work with uh, certainly someone like an FDR, a JFK, a Tip O'Neill. These were Democrats that had great pride in the United States of America. They were not trying to turn us into a weak nation. They were not embarrassed by what the United States of America was. Hell, if you go back and look at history, what they actually believed in, they believed in a strong, powerful United States of America that included a strong military. They didn't take crap from people like China. They didn't take crap from people like Russia. They were Democrats, yes, and they had a different set of Ideals. I want to make that clear. Values that they believed in socially, but at core, they were Americans first. They could work with Republicans. They could work across the aisle. Remember, Democrats held control of Congress for what? The House for 40 years. They had to work with people like Ronald Reagan, and they did. They didn't try to impeach him. They tried to work with him. They had to work with people like George Bush, 41. They didn't try to impeach him. Fast forward to this new socialist, communist Democratic Party. The, the days of, of sanity in the Democratic Party, the days of mutual respect in the Democratic Party, they are gone. They are now a party that wants a weak country, a weak military, and they need people dependent on them for their livelihoods, for their food, for their water, for their bread, for their education, for their bills to be paid, for their light, for their gas, for their water. All of this they need. Americans to be dependent on them because that's how you implement socialism. This is what you do. You know, you look at Secretary Blinken, can't name any real pressure Biden will apply on China for the COVID obstruction. Yeah, that's what we now know. Secretary Blinken can't name any real pressure Biden will apply. And I'm going to have that audio for you coming up in just a little bit because I think it's important for people to understand where we are. They're not trying to apply pressure. And you want to know why? To exactly why. Because they need us to be weak. They do not need us to be strong. They need us to be weak as a nation. So, you come to the anniversary of D-Day, one of the most incredible days in the history of this world. Not America, the world. Where multiple nations came together. And you don't say a damn thing about it. Tell you exactly why you don't say anything about it. Because you don't want people to remember what we did as a country. Why do you think Trudeau in Canada, for example, didn't say anything either? For the same reason. It's for the same exact reason, folks. The same reason. He's not proud of what Canada did because he's fundamentally trying to change Canada and trying to change what Canada is as a nation. He does not want you to remember these amazing, successful moments in life. He doesn't want you to have pride in the men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice. So instead, you act like it didn't happen. This is how you change a country in one generation. This is what you do. This is how you do it. And, the, and you can witness it when these major historical event moments come forward. And when they do not mention it, it is on purpose. They do not want your children or your grandchildren to know about this, which is exactly why you 
need to tell your kids about this part of history. Now, today at the White House, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, she was prepared for this because, like I said, this wasn't an accident. It wasn't an oops. It wasn't our bad. So go back to Memorial Day. If you don't believe me, then, then, then connect the dots with Memorial Day. What were the tweets on Memorial Day? Have a great long weekend. That's what the vice president said. What did Joe Biden say? Stay safe. Like, don't blow yourself up with a propane tank while you're cooking some barbecue. Don't drink and drive when you're on the boat this weekend at the lake. Have a nice long weekend. Not thanks to our men and women in this country that fought for our freedoms. Let's, let's, let's just totally overlook the fact that the majority of Americans are forgetting what Memorial Day is about. It's not a long weekend, right? Now, of course, the White House says, well, hold on a second. We did do something on Memorial Day. They did. They were just hoping the majority of Americans would be at the lake or not paying attention or not noticing it. That's what they were hoping. Now, today, thank goodness, Press Secretary Jen Psaki got cornered by a Fox News reporter over this issue. Like, hey... You want to explain why Biden failed to acknowledge the D-Day anniversary? Take a listen to this. Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump all commemorated D-Day anniversaries on D-Day, on the D-Day anniversary. Why didn't President Biden? Well, I can tell you that certainly the uh, val- his value for the role that men and uh, the men who served uh, on D-Day uh, and the memory of them, uh, the families who have uh, kept their memories uh, alive over the course of years on this day is something the president has spoke to many, many times in the past. Um, it's close to his heart. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more we would have to say on it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more we have to say on it. I don't even know what that means. What, what, is that, what does that even mean? In other words, we were hoping you guys wouldn't notice, or we were hoping that no one would ask about today, so therefore we wouldn't have to respond to it? Go back in history for a moment. And uh, uh, full disclosure, when I was younger, I wasn't a big student of history. Some are. For me, I was more in the here and now. But the more that the, the older I get and the more I see the dismantling of America, the more I realize how important it is to understand history and where we were. You know, when D-Day was about to happen, a Democrat who loved this country, a Democrat that is nothing like the socialist, communist, Democratic Party we have now. And, and don't say that I'm slandering them. I'm using their words. They will tell you that is exactly what they are. I want to make that very, 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 very clear. They will tell you that is what they are. If you don't believe me, then go listen to them. Because they're not hiding it, folks. They're telling you this is exactly what we are. But you go back and you look at what FDR said. FDR didn't make a speech to America. FDR prayed for America in a speech. He prayed Because he knew that he was telling people something that was going to happen. And he was telling them one day after he told them about the fall of Rome, that America's troops and our allies were going in to an operation that if we were unsuccessful at, the world could fall into the hands of the worst people in the world at that time. He also knew that he was sending men to their deaths and those men knew it. 
They knew that they were going to die, many of them. They knew that when they stormed the beaches, that they were going to be mowed down by the enemy. They knew that there was a lot of them that were never going to come home. And FDR understood that he had to explain that to the American people, and that's why he prayed. He didn't give a speech. He prayed. I'm going to play that for you. Coming up next on the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll also get your phone calls and your reaction to this. one 381 We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things along with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you tomorrow. So D-Day was forgotten by the White House. That's what they want you to believe. Like, it was just an oops. It was an accident. It was not. This was done deliberately on purpose. Do not believe for a moment this was an accident or oversight. Every single person in the White House, even if it was an accident, knew by mid-morning yesterday that there was outrage over the lack of respect for the history and the men and women that gave the ultimate sacrifice for this country. The men that knew when they were storming those beaches that there was a very good chance that a lot of them, not just some of them, were going to die. We have lost our way in this country, I would argue. As I said earlier, and if you want to hear the entire speech, I threw it up in my podcast, and you can listen to it. Uh, If you like podcasts, grab it. But I'm going to play part of it for you right now. FDR, when he spoke to the nation, he didn't give a speech. He gave a prayer. I want you to think about that compared to where we are right now in 2021. We have a Democratic Party that can't stand God. We have a Democratic Party that will do everything they can to get rid of God. They are also ashamed of this country. They don't like patriotism. They don't like the Pledge of Allegiance. They kneel and support those that kneel during anything that's patriotic. It doesn't matter. They hate law and order. They hate police. They hate our military and are fundamentally wanting to change our military to, quote, combat global warming. 
That's the words of the vice president and the president. That's not my words. And they, I think what you could argue would never, ever want America to be as powerful as we were under the leadership of a Democrat, FDR, back in the day. Listen to what FDR said to the country and to the world. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed. But we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. You listen to those words and you hear that prayer and you compare that to this president of the United States of America who won't even acknowledge this sacrifice of our citizens, our men. And I want you to tell me we haven't lost our way in this country. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, 
the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You know, every now and then you need some good news, and I've got some for you tonight. Well, i got three different things for you. Number one, Mark will be back with you tomorrow. If you don't know me, I'm filling in for the great one. My name is Ben Ferguson. Number one, he'll be back with you tomorrow. Number two, some other good news for you. A huge win for legal immigration. The Supreme Court unanimously rules that 400,000 illegal immigrants can't become permanent residents. I'll give you the details on that coming up in a moment. Number three. On the good news list tonight, Mark's new book, American Marxism, is out July the 13th. And you can grab it on Amazon.com. Pre-order it there. There you go. Also, Mark's on Parler and Rumble. Yeah, so you can find him there, and you can follow me on Telegram, Parler, Rumble. Where else am I? You can grab my podcast. If if you miss, by the way, if you miss that speech from FDR, I did the entire thing. You can grab it on my podcast if you want to hear the rest of it. But I want to go back to getting your phone calls in here and your reaction to what I said a moment ago. This White House, it was not an accident to deliberately look over D-Day. This was on purpose because they do not want people to be prideful in this country. They want you to be embarrassed by this country. They want you to be ashamed by this country. They want you to believe that everything in this country is wrong. You know, on D-Day anniversary, the Lincoln Project actually equated left-wing Antifa thugs with soldiers who stormed Normandy's beaches and fought Hitler and the Nazis. I'm not kidding. This is how crazy the left has gotten. The Lincoln Project, the notorious group of supposed conservatives that are hardcore leftists who are out to get former Donald Trump out of office. Thank goodness they ended up being disgraced and humiliated. They have continued to demonstrate Their stunning lack of self-awareness and basic intelligence. They actually sent out a tweet telling you that these left-wingers who sing the praise of Antifa, the lawless militant thugs who disguise their identities with ganging up and terrorizing city after city after city in America... They actually use the anniversary of D-Day to equate Antifa with the soldiers who stormed Normandy's beaches to fight Adolf Hitler and the Nazis in World War II. Yeah. And the White House said, ah, hey, we'll just act like it never happened. We don't want people to, like, learn that America was amazing. Why would we want to do that? Why would we want to tell people that America's amazing? Why would we want to tell our kids the stories of the incredible people that knew when they were storming those beaches, they were, there was a very good chance they were going to die. 1-877-381-3811. Let me get to your phone calls. I'll go to Jesse in L.A. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Hey, Ben. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Go ahead. Hey, uh, so I, I looked it up. Uh, 73,000 Americans participated in the D-Day event. 2,500 died. That's 3.5% of the total people that participated. Um, 
But uh, I'm going to go back to the uh, the words that are used and the choices that are made to divide this country. Well, hold on, I'm curious, real quick, why you were you trying to act like the casualties weren't that many? Um, no, we, I mean we did have a lot of casualties, but in over the entire war, just the uh, deaths that we had on D-Day were smaller than some of the other battles that we had during the war. So you're saying that D-Day was an amazing day? No, I'm not, what I'm saying is that it was... So you're saying that the, the, the Allied casualties that were documented, we believe to be at least 10,000. You had 4,400 plus that were confirmed dead, many that went missing and the bodies that were never found. No, no, no. There were 73,000 Americans that participated and a little over 2,500 that died on that day. I, I, I said the allies, sir. I don't, I don't know if you can't understand what allies are. That's when you put together all of the people that stormed the beaches and fought on D-Day. Yes, I'm aware of what the allies are. I'm just saying that okay. American deaths themselves. So, so in other words, you're saying that D-Day isn't a great day? No, I never said that. Well, I'm trying to figure out why you're downplaying D-Day. You're acting like it doesn't seem to matter. You had more than 5,000 Americans that were wounded. What I'm pointing out is that the the, the people that went into it, they didn't all think they were going to die. Not all 73,000 Americans thought they were going to die. I mean, I'm sure that they were. Okay, all right, let's talk about this. If you got 70-plus thousand that were involved, right? Some of them were driving the boat. Some of them were flying the plane. Some of them were in the ships that were bombing the beaches, right? That, that, there was a lot of people that were there. But the ones that stormed the beaches, you knew that there was a very good chance you could die. And based on the fact that 5,000 of them were wounded and up to 10,000 were killed or even more, based on history, let's not act like 3%, which your number is extremely low, not accurate, let, let's just call it 10% were either killed or wounded. So you got 10 of your buddies and one of them's going to die today. You're acting like that's not significant? No, I'm just going off the American deaths. I'm not talking about that. Uh, and again, I, I'm still trying to understand why you think that not having a higher death count somehow means that D-Day isn't as big of a deal when you're actually talking about taking down and fighting back against one of the worst group of men in the history of the world that were taking over Europe and trying to take over the entire world. And you're like, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, no, no. So, yeah, we were just fighting fascism, which was what the Lincoln Project was talking about. That's the whole thing about Antifa is anti-fascism. Yes. The access of the do, do you really do you really want to equate Antifa with the men that stormed the beaches at Normandy? No, I'm just saying that that's what the Lincoln Project was talking about. Well, the Lincoln that. Project is stupid. Maybe we can agree on that. It's yeah. a stupid comparison. Can we agree on that? That's your opinion. A lot of the shows, your opinion. I understand. I'm that. asking I you know. if you agree with that. That it's absurd to compare. Antifa, which are rioters and looters and and people that go and steal iPhones at at a T-Mobile store and and go in and steal coffee from a Starbucks and break into an AutoZone and steal 
auto parts and burn down police stations. I, I, I think it's incredibly stupid to try to equate those people, anarchists and thugs, to what the men and women did on the beaches in Normandy on D-Day. Okay, the people that broke into those stores and looted and riot, do you know if they were part of Antifa? Or are you just confused? Well, when they're wearing Antifa? Antifa gear and they're chanting, what do we want dead cops when we want them now? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. You kill us, we kill you. Referring to police when the police haven't killed any of them when they're chanting this. It just, in Minneapolis, for three nights they had riots at the hands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa because a guy was killed trying to kill police officers who was wanted for gun possession crimes and then shot the police and he got shot and he died. I don't feel sorry for that guy. I want to make that clear. And then you go riot and loot and go, got to get me some new Nikes. I am never going to equate them with the men that stormed the beaches at Normandy, for goodness sakes. You don't have to. But you can't conflate all of these people in the same organization. I can. I'm not. Hold on. So you're telling me that Antifa is different than what they say they are? I'm not putting words in the mouth of Antifa. I'm telling you exactly what Antifa actually does and says. Have you had any members of people who have affiliated with Antifa on your show? I have had numerous Antifa people that have called early on into my show that I have spoken with. I have also gone out on the streets and spoken with these Antifa thugs. Yes. I'm not afraid of them. That's what you have to understand. Call them thugs. Let's not. They are thugs. When you, when you go out, when you go out and you chant death to America and you chant, what do you want dead cops from you now? You are a thug. That whole dead cops, family bacon thing happened in a uh, protest down in, in in Texas. wasn't even part of. No, part you're of wrong. BLM. This is where this is where. Okay, do here's here's what you need to learn. Okay, the great one's out tonight, but the same rule applies, Jesse. You don't make up crap on the show and think that you're going to get away with it. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Was not in Texas. It originally started in Minneapolis on a bridge in Minneapolis where Black Lives Matter was out there with Antifa with a big banner like a marching band going over a bridge with police escorts. And they started chanting, what do we want, dead cops? When do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. You can't make up crap on the show and get away with it. Uh, Mark does it all the time. (laughs) Give me one example. I'll I'll take the bait. Give me one example where Mark made up something all the time. Because this is where you start losing. So you do what the left does. You guys lie and make crap up. Like, got to wear a mask. It'll save your life. If you don't wear a mask, you're un-American. Got to wear two masks because Dr. Fauci said so. Got to wear a mask outside because you're a threat to America. If you don't get it, got to get a vaccine. But three months ago, we said, don't trust the vaccine because Donald Trump's in charge of the vaccine. And Operation Warp Speed shouldn't be trusted. You guys make up crap all the time. And I call you out on it. No, I... I am not the left. I am an American. Clearly, veteran. you're not the right, bro. I hate to I hate to break the news to you, but you just said Mark makes up crap all the time. Give me an example. I will. Okay, I will give you a perfect example. 
Okay, well, I called the show before, uh, about a year or two ago. He was compl- uh, there. Were, Mark was talking about LeBron James and how he had a clip about how he was talking about how he was facing discrimination. The one thing that Mark Levin left out of his report was that when he made that comment, he was talking about the fact that somebody had spray painted a derogatory word on the gate of his property in L.A. And that's what he was talking about. He said, "Look, even somebody like me." Who is a famous person? Who, Dude, who LeBron James? To, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let's let's talk about the the, the crybaby LeBron James. I'll, again, I'll take the bait on this one, and then I'm going to move on. LeBron James is not oppressed. LeBron James, I, I will say this: he's a crybaby. He's a quitter. He quit in, on his team in the playoffs. He's not Michael Jordan. Never will be. And he's a guy that always complains. He's a flopper. He fakes it. He's like, oh, I got hit in the chin. He flops on the ground like a little baby, like a little child. This guy always claims that the world's out to get LeBron James. Meanwhile, the guy's a punk to everyone that disagrees with him or even challenges him on the basketball court. And LeBron James is not a victim. If he's a victim of society, I want to be LeBron James. Not, I don't want to be him. I just want his bank account. Because the, LeBron James is living proof. That we are the greatest country in the world because a guy like that can make as much money as he's made and disrespect this country as much as he has disrespected this country and attack police officers the way that he and Colin Kaepernick have attacked police officers while walking around telling the police to guard their lives and be his bodyguards. I'll say it on this show. Screw you, LeBron James. And this is the reason why a new study just came out, Jesse. I'm right, by the way, and you're wrong, that LeBron James is the most hated player in the NBA. It just came out today. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. And if we are going to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these things, and it teaches them still today. The great news is that we can all study these things, along with Hillsdale College professors, right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. My friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you tomorrow. All right, I want to get back to your phone calls. If you just want us talking about the uh, on purpose, not an accident, folks. I'll say it over and over and over again because it's important. It is on purpose that this White House said, screw it. We're not looking at. D-Day is something that we're going to talk about or celebrate or even mention. You want to know why? Because we don't want people to be proud of this country. 
We don't want them to be proud of our history. We don't want them to know about the amazing things that men and women did to fight for this country. And I say men and women, I want to make it very clear why I say it that way, okay? There were women back home that were holding down the fort, that were building things, that were involved in the war effort. It was all hands on deck. That's one of the most amazing things about history. And again, I told you, I was not a student of history when I was younger, but by golly, I am now. This entire country came together to support our men that were out there fighting fascism, that were fighting the Nazis, that were fighting Hitler. You look at what happened at Pearl Harbor and the entire nation said, what do you need me to do? You had mothers that were working two jobs, one for their husbands, for their dads, for their uncles, for their brothers, and one holding down the fort for their family, and they did it for years. And this administration's like, Memorial Day? Eh, have a great three-day weekend. That's what they said, folks. They didn't. I mean, that's what... Kamala Harris said, here's a picture of me. Have a great long weekend. It's not an accident. That's deliberate. That's on purpose. Joe Biden, stay safe out there on your long weekend. This isn't God bless America. This is forget what America is and move on to something different. That's what they're saying. Move on to socialism. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me get to your phone calls now, and we will go to William on line two. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Hey, Ben. How you doing this evening? Doing well, sir. How are you? Doing great. Just getting home from work. But, yeah, I just wanted to say that um, those people that went to World War II and fought, my father – he would have been, I believe, 92 this year. He was born in 1923, so I'd have to do the math. But um, we found out after he had passed away in 07 that he had lied about his age and went in at age 16. He was in the Navy, and, um, you know, people need to understand, I don't think generations now know the history of World War II and what we were dealing with. he come out of the Depression era, and there were many of those men wanted to go to war just so they could get a meal. And, you know, the hardship, what we had to work for, how much that generation had to work to get to where we are today. It was probably one of the greatest generations ever in our history of the United States. I I would argue it is a fact it was the greatest generation. Yes, sir. uh, with, With the men, I mean, you had men lying about their age to go serve their country, knowing that there was a very good chance they were never coming home. That's sacrifice. That's heart. That's literally the stuff that made America the greatest country in the world. And now we have an administration that says, hey, let's forget all that. Let's act like it never happened. One generation, folks, that's all it takes to change a country. One generation. And right now they're doing one hell of a job of making this generation hate this country. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, good evening. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Don't worry, he will be back with you tomorrow. And I never thought I would say what I'm about to say. And after I say it, don't turn the channel. Hear me out. But I actually like the Kamala Harris of Guatemala. I do. I like this Guatemala tough Kamala Harris. It's nice. Quote, the reason I'm here in Guatemala as my first trip as vice president of the United States is because this is one of our highest priorities. Vice President Harris joined the Guatemalan president in his home country for a press conference. Yeah. Where she explained the importance of choosing the region as her first international trip as vice president. Now, I like this Kamala of Guatemala. I wish we had this Kamala in America. But don't worry. What she said in Guatemala, she'd never have the guts to say it in America. Take a listen. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. I mean, I got a crush on Kamala. Man, where is this Kamala Harris? I mean, do you have to go to Guatemala to get tough? Now, forget the fact that she's lying through her teeth. We don't have a secure border, and you guys are doing nothing to secure the border. In fact, you've done the opposite of securing the border, the point where other states and border states are having to do everything on their own because you've abandoned them at the border. So you're a liar in Guatemala, but at least you sound tough in Guatemala. You know, I'm here today, and I got a message for you. Don't come to America. Wink. <laughs> right? And if there's any time I need that obnoxious Kamala laugh, it's after she says this crap. Yeah, don't come. Just kidding. Come on over. We got you. Hell, we'll give you a hotel room if you come to the right state like California. Mr. Producer, wasn't it California where they have like eight, like millions of dollars in hotel rooms for illegal immigrants? Yeah, come on over. No, I'm going to go on TV in Guatemala. Not an American say this. This is the woman that's in charge of the crisis of the border that has never visited the border as the vice president of the United States of America. But, I'm, but, but, but damn it, I'm going to fly to Guatemala and I'm going to talk tough in Guatemala. I'm going to tell you, you don't come to America. We secure in our border. No, we're not. Just kidding. Come on over. We're going to enforce the law. Just kidding. No, we're not. Yeah. All right. Well, my work's here done. I'm sure that's what she's saying. She probably called Joe and she's like, hey, Joe, we did it. (laughs) We did it, Joe. We did it again. We fooled him. I went over here to Guatemala. I told him not to come over. We did it, Joe. The media is going to praise us tonight, Joe. We did it. We told him not to come. It's all, I fixed it. I fixed the whole problem. Clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. When did it become dangerous? 
Because you guys have acted like it's the, the gates to Disneyland, to Universal Studios. For people coming across hell, they got, they got maps out there and arrows. And you greet them with a hug and a big fanny pack of supplies. I'm not joking about the fanny packs. There's liberals that actually have filled fanny packs with, with, with stuff to, so when people come into America. It's not a joke. Don't make the dangerous trek. Well, if it's dangerous, uh, <laughs> you guys sure as hell hadn't been acting like it in America. Well, hold on, Ben. This is this is this is Kamala in Guatemala. She's a little different than Kamala in America. You got to understand. You can say different things over there in Guatemala than you can in the United States. First foreign trip. She's got to show some strength over here. Don't come, folks. Don't you do it. Don't you come to America and make that dangerous trek. I'm going to tell you it's dangerous the first time ever. Do not come. Do not come. The United States will continue to enforce our laws. And We're not enforcing our laws. You're a liar. Let me just be clear. Kamala Harris is a liar. She's lying to you right now when she says we will continue to enforce our laws. We are not enforcing our laws. You are a liar. You guys have done the opposite of enforcing our laws. You are a liar. You're lying. We have an open border policy. We have get everybody in as fast as you can into this country policy right now. That is the policy of the Biden-Harris administration. You guys are, are begging people to get here as fast as they can. And the reason why you're doing it is because you want to give them citizenship. And the reason why is because you want them to vote for you. And you want to fundamentally change this country. This goes back to you guys forgetting about D-Day. Being sarcastic. They didn't forget about D-Day. They deliberately decided not to honor those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for this country. They do not want you to be prideful about our history. And they don't want you to believe in what this country is. They're ashamed of it. Don't come. It's dangerous, they'll tell you now. She's never had the guts to say this in America. You want to know how I know they're lying to you? They've never said it in this country. They went to Guatemala to say it. Hell, they wouldn't even say it in Mexico. Don't come. We're going to enforce our laws. You're not enforcing any of the laws. That's the problem. That's why we have got, what, 15, 20 million illegal immigrants in this country? That's why they're rushing the borders right now anywhere they can get across because they know that the moment that you guys were elected, you weren't going to do anything to stop the invasion of illegal immigrants from anywhere in the world. You basically said we got an open border policy, and you not only did you do it, but you stopped the border wall construction. What signal do you think that was sending them? What signal do you think that was sending to them? It was telling them we are open for business. That's what it was telling them. It was telling them, come on over. Secure our border. There are legal methods by which migration can and should occur. That's also a lie. You guys don't believe in the rule of law. Hell, you don't even believe in police officers. You're the one that raises money for the anarchists that burn and torture cities and bail them out of jail. 
That is who you are, Kamala Harris. You're the one that tweeted out to raise money for the Antifa thugs and the Black Lives Matter people that chanted death to America. What do we want, dead cops? And when they actually burn down our cities, you raise money to get them out of jail. So do not tell me that you believe in law and order. You don't. But we, as one of our priorities, will discourage illegal migration. Name one thing you've actually done to discourage illegal migration into this country. Name one. Name one thing that you've done. You cannot name one because they haven't done it. She's a liar. You guys are all about bringing illegal immigrants into this country. That's what you are in favor of. That's what you've been advocating for. You've been begging to give amnesty to anyone that makes it into this country by January the 1st. The only problem is, how do we know when you really got there, when there's no court records, when there's no documents, when there's no records at all to back it up? Why do you think people are still coming? Because they know they can fake the dates. How do you check the date when someone came to America by June or January the 1st of this year? Or February 1st, when you have no documentation. Why do you think everybody's coming across right now? Why do you think they're hauling it? They're getting here as fast as they can because they want to hurry up and get in here so they can get this first wave of amnesty. You don't believe in legal migration. In fact, the Supreme Court even said you guys don't today. Look at what the Supreme Court ruled today. Amazing moment, right? The Supreme Court of the United States of America unanimously ruled against illegal immigrants. Roughly 400,000 illegal immigrants who are under temporary protected status will not be eligible now to apply for permanent residency. The Supreme Court unanimously decided, based on our laws today, that those who are under the temporary protected status, TPS, would be unable to get green cards as it conflicts with the current format of the program, the Associated Press just reported. The program's main intention was to provide people the opportunity to come to the United States to work without risking deportation if their home country was deemed unsafe. That's why they all knew exactly what to say. Come to this country and say, I'm afraid to go home because they're going to hurt me if I go home, so please let me stay in America. That's what they did. I talked about this last week, and I went through exactly what we were, what the left was trying to do when it came to this group of people. The, this group of, of TPS recipients who entered the United States of America unlawfully, and the Supreme Court has said, and they were right to say it, that they are not eligible under the status merely Because somebody in the government said, well, this gives them protected status. And they said, no, it does not. It does not give them the ability to just get a green card. Because the lawful entry of the alien to the United States of America after inspection, authorization by an immigration officer, it didn't happen. That's what the Supreme Court said. Even Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court in which she reaffirmed That Jose Santos Sanchez, who arrived in the United States of America from El Salvador in the 1990s, was not lawfully admitted into this country. 
She added that changes to existing federal law would be required in order for him and other non-citizens to qualify for permanent status. Quote, Congress, of course, could have gone further by deeming these, this group of TPS recipients to have not only non-migrant status, but also a lawful admission. Legislation pending in Congress would do just that, the left-leaning justice wrote. In other words, wink, wink, guys, hurry up and do it. But, again, the Supreme Court had to rule that the temporary protected status holders are ineligible for green cards in an important court case. Sanchez versus Secretary Mayorkas. Of course, Democrats losing their minds now, right? Countless TPS holders have lived in the United States for decades and call this country home. The Senate needs to pass the American Dream and Promise Act to provide them a path to permanent residence now. That's what the left says, right? Because you hate people if you don't actually agree with them, right? If you don't agree with law and order, then you're racist, you're bigoted, you're you're anti-immigrant, which means you're an evil person, you're going to hell. It's amazing, isn't it? You have to send the vice president of the United States of America to Guatemala for her to say anything tough. Then she'll come back to America and say none of this. She won't say it at the border. She won't even go to the border. She goes to Guatemala. Give me a break. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook. No, they kicked me off Facebook. I'm not on there anymore. Parlor. Telegram and you can download my podcast. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I'm serious. I got a crush on uh, Guatemala, Kamala. I do. I got a crush on her. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. If you just joined us, we are chatting about the tough on immigration. Kamala Harris taking her first trip on Air Force Two all the way over to Guatemala to tell them, don't come to America. We're enforcing our laws. You better believe it, folks. We are enforcing the laws on the books. You need to understand that. We're doing it. Yeah. Don't come to America. Wink. Yeah, you'll be sent home. Just kidding. 
We're going to be tough on illegal immigrants. No, we're really not. You don't make that dangerous journey. But if you get here, we'll give you everything you need. <laughs> if we could keep Kamala in Guatemala and she could talk this way every day, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. Like, it's game on. Let's go. Let's do this. one 800 or one 381 Let me get to some of your phone calls. Let me go to Sandy on line three from Long Island, New York. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi. Um, I just want to note that we were looking for the longest day on TV on D-Day, and it never came up on Turner or any other channel. So I think that the uh, movie channels are also in on it. Well, I mean, look who controls the movie channels. I mean, look at who controls. The, this is something that I warn people about. You can change a nation in one generation, and we're watching it right now. It's happening before our eyes. Critical race theory, be ashamed of America. Telling kids to be ashamed of, their, of the color of their skin, critical race theory. Think, think about critical race theory just for a minute. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Because you can just go around and around and around and over and over. So, so I'll, I'll make it kind of simple, simplistic. What critical race theory is actually teaching kids is to be ashamed of the color of their skin, which they have no choice over. There are two things in life that you have no choice over when you're born. One, who your parents are, and two, the color of your skin. You have no choice. You can't fix it. You can't change it. It is what it is, right? You just can't. And your sex. Maybe that's number three. You can act like a chick if you're if you're a dude, but it doesn't mean you're actually. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're actually a dude, right? But this critical race theory is teaching kids to be ashamed of the color of their skin, to apologize for something they had no choice in, that has nothing to do with racism. Let's also be very clear about that. Critical race theory has nothing to do with racism. The color of your skin has nothing to do with racism. Racism is taught. The color of your skin is not. But we are now teaching kids in this country right now that they should be ashamed of the color of their skin. And that you should apologize for the color of your skin that you had no choice in doing. And if you are white or black or brown or anything else in between, it doesn't mean that based on whatever the color of your skin is that you need to A, apologize for it, or B, that by default you're some sort of privileged evil individual, and you should apologize. Don't forget that. But in one generation, you can change a country, make people ashamed of our military and change it into the Greenpeace organization, right? Tell people to apologize for the color of their skin and who they are. Tell them to hate the police, and the police are actually evil people while chanting death to America, and what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now? Right? That's, that's, that's what we're dealing with now. Sandy, God bless you, and I appreciate the phone call. one 381 Let me go to Robert, line four, in Michigan. Man, you guys are under attack in Michigan with your governor. Nice to have you with us. Hello. Hey, Robert, you there? Now I got and you. Go I ahead. Think there's yet, yeah. Okay. I think there's yet another reason that this administration isn't celebrating D-Day. We know how anti-Israel an anti-Jew this administration is. And we freed a lot of Jews in that war now, didn't we? Oh, Robert, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you over because you're making a great connection here. Hold on. 
We'll come right back. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He will be back with you tomorrow. All right, I want to get back to the conversation we were having a moment ago about the Kamala Harris. I love this Kamala. The Kamala of Guatemala getting tough, saying, don't come to America, wink. We won't let you in, wink. You'll be sent home, wink. It's too dangerous, wink. I mean, where where is this? Keep Kamala in Guatemala. I like her over there. I like how she talks over. She ain't playing around, folks. Because when you bring Kamala back to America, man, does she change. You know, we're securing our border. She's even saying that in Guatemala, not in America. She would never say that. You think she'd say this at the, at the border, that she's supposed to be going down to visit? She'll never go down there. She's not going to admit there's a problem. Because the reality is the Democratic Party's like, Hurry! Get across the border. Come on over as fast as you can. We need you here quickly. Stat. Run. We'll let you in. We'll give you amnesty. It'll make everything better. one 381 3811 one I want to go back to Robert. Robert, uh, you were bringing up a great point before the break, and you were talking about how Biden totally skips D-Day on purpose. It wasn't an accident. It was done deliberately on purpose because they don't want you to have pride in this country. They want you to forget about our history so that you're not disappointed when we walk away from it. And you said one of the reasons why you believe that Biden skipped D-Day was also to send a message. And I want you to pick it up there. Well, think of all the pressure he must be getting from this administration and the people that are surrounding him. I mean, they've come right out and said they hate Israel. Israel defends itself from getting attacked with missiles, and they're still portrayed as the bad guys and the aggressors. I mean, it's it's so clear, and I can see them regretting that we even did free and save all the Jews in World War II. So let's just revise history and not even mention that either. Yeah, well, in, in this administration, if there's anything we know, They'll stand with communist China. They'll defend communist China. And they will not stand with our actual ally in the Middle East, Israel. You know, they'll tell Israel to show restraint while Hamas is lobbing thousands of rockets, hundreds of them at a time, trying to get through the Iron Dome. They won't come out and defend them. They won't denounce Hamas and Hezbollah. Hell, we're sending money to the Palestinians who are then giving the money to the terrorists to attack Israel. That's what he's done since he's been president. That's what Kamala Harris has done since she's been vice president. Let's let's be very clear on that. It's disgusting. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you, and I appreciate the phone call. We've got some breaking news I want to get to you. Uh, I've just been handed this, Mr. Producer. Federal prosecutors have subpoenaed material related to Andrew Cuomo's book and the criminal probe over the state's nursing home deaths, new report out sets. The U.S. Department of Justice has reportedly subpoenaed material related to a book 
that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo wrote during the pandemic as investigators continue their criminal investigation into coronavirus-related nursing home deaths. Prosecutors working with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York in Brooklyn asked for communications related, apparently, to Mr. Cuomo's October 2020 book, American Crisis, including contracts and materials used to pitch the book to publishers. The Wall Street Journal reported this. They said the subpoena indicated prosecutors are interested in the nursing home issues in the book, which more broadly recounted the governor's response to the pandemic. Now, again, this is just breaking, and we're waiting to get more info on this, but federal prosecutors were being told, apparently subpoenaed material related to Andrew Cuomo's book in the criminal probe over the state's nursing home deaths. It's about damn time this guy's held accountable for what he did in New York. And don't forget, by the way, what happened in Michigan. A lot of people have gone easy on Governor Whitmer there because she's a woman. I mean, you want to talk about sexism? Look at how we treat women in politics when they are corrupt and they screw up. We always go easy on them. And you can't go too hard on them because if you do, they'll say, oh, you're being sexist. You look at what Governor Whitmer does. She's got the same type of controversy as Governor Cuomo does. The only difference is the media is going a lot easier on her because she's a woman. It, it's, it's a fact. You look at what she did to that state. You look at how she shut that state down, how she refused to allow the kids to be able to go to school and to visit the, the loved ones in the nursing homes, and she put people that were infected in nursing homes just like Governor Cuomo did. You look at her plane flights, and, and the only reason why that there's, this has not been a bigger story, I would argue, is because she's a woman. People need to really hold her accountable for what she did in that state. Just a side note. It's not just Cuomo's not the only one that did what happened in this country with COVID-19. There's a lot of other governors, and, and Newsom, thank goodness, it looks like he's going to be held to account, at least with this recall election. I'll give credit there. I really will. At least the people in California, many of them have had enough of him. You know, the do as I say, now as I do. I mean, look at Governor Whitmer. How many small businesses did she destroy? And then she goes out drinking with a bunch of her friends, no masks on, breaking her own rules that had just been reinstated days before by her administration. She's like, oh, well, they got a really good burger or pizza or whatever the hell she said. She did the same thing as the governor in, in, in California, but they go easy on her because she's a woman. I mean, the, the easiest job in the world right now, I'm convinced, is, the, is a Democrat that's a female. If you don't believe me, look at AOC. Look at the anti-Semitic tweets and comments that the squad made while Israel's under attack from Hamas in the Islamic State and Hezbollah. Look at what they actually said during that time. Look at their tweets during that time. Look at their comments. It was anti-Semitism over and over and over again. And no one held them accountable. And I would argue it's because also they got away with it because they are a woman or women. And the media just says, go easy on them. Okay? Feminism. Got to stand up with a feminist here. It's all about being a feminist now, right? That's what it is. You can say whatever you want to say as long as you're a leftist, as long as you're a liberal. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I am shocked. I'm not shocked. I, I am 
angry that, for example, and, and again, look at this double standard. Kamala Harris goes to Guatemala and makes up a bunch of crap and talks tough, but she won't even do it in America. She has to go to a foreign country to talk like this, like she's defending America, but won't defend America while she's in America. You don't think that, the, that, that somebody should like go after her for these comments today in Guatemala? The media won't do it. They're going to go easy on her because she's Kamala Harris. Oh, you can't be too mean to her. This, you know, this is Kamala here. You got to be nice. You don't want to come across as being, you know, is mansplaining something. I'll give you another example of the double standard with women in power. You had multiple mass shootings this weekend in Chicago. You know how many people were shot this weekend in Chicago? Fifty-five people were shot this weekend in Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Chicago. You think the media is going to come down her? No, because she's a woman. 55 people shot. Five died during the weekend in Chicago. One weekend, over 40 people were shot Friday into Sunday morning alone in the, in the Windy City. Five of those shooting victims succumb to their wounds. And by the way, they're really good in Chicago at saving your life after you've been shot. They've seen it all. This morning, ABC7 noted the total number of shooting victims for the weekend was 55. That's total chaos and that is mass shooting every i mean we're talking mass 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 shootings every weekend one of the shooting victims was 11 year old girl who was shot in the back sunday night at nine o'clock you think anybody's going to hold her accountable for that nope you can't why because she fits two quotas she's a minority and a woman you can't criticize the fact that there's total chaos and and minorities are being murdered in the streets in chicago on the scale of mass shootings every weekend the chicago tribune pointed out by the way 1418 people were shot in chicago january the 1st this year through june 3rd 1418 people do the math on that divided by a half a year, less than half a year. In a separate table, the Tribune focused on homicides and observed that 266 people were killed January 1 through January, June 2nd of this year. That's 13 more than were killed during the same time frame last year. It's getting worse. Let's not talk. You can't talk about that. And this woman's so racist, she won't even do an interview with somebody unless you're a minority. Yeah, you're white. Uh-uh. We're gonna, we can be racist towards you. Yeah, I'm not doing any sit-downs, any white reporters. you got to be a minority to talk to that mayor. That's racist, by the way. You've got a racist mayor who can get away with it because she's a minority, and you have a racist mayor where you have mass shootings happening every weekend, and no one criticizes her because she's a socialist mayor who's a woman who's a Democrat. Checks all the boxes, folks. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can follow me on Twitter, Parlor, Telegram, and please download my podcast. It's free. The Ben Ferguson Podcast. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. 
You get great coverage. You can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Don't worry, he will be back with you tomorrow. So I, I can't not talk about what's happening right now with the Chinese lab Wuhan leak story. I have got a montage of the media attacking and mocking Donald Trump and Senator Tom Cotton for saying COVID actually could have, could have leaked from a Chinese lab. And then I got another montage I'm going to play for you of the major media outlets now attacking Donald Trump and Tom Cotton, they say, for allowing this to happen. It's not a joke. Let me remind you about this Wuhan lab. And this is one of the biggest lies of my lifetime that has ever been told in this country on behalf of the Chinese Communist government from the Chinese communist propaganda machines. You want to talk about collusion? Millions of people died in this world because of COVID-19. There are two ways, in my opinion, to look at this now. One, China did this on purpose as an attack on the world to try to get a financial edge. Or two, They had this leak by accident, and once they realized it was going to decimate their economy, they allowed it deliberately to spread to the rest of the world so that everyone else would be hurt by it the same way they were hurt by it. Those are my two working theories that I believe. Either one of those could be true. What I do know is Fauci is nothing but a mouthpiece at this point. I think it's very clear from his emails for the Chinese communist propaganda, for the Chinese communist government. Second thing is, I don't believe Chinese government officials, the Communist Party, I, I, I don't believe that they value human life at all. Look at their working conditions. Look at their slave camps of labor. Look at how they treat their own people. Look at how you can just be one of the disappeared ones if you say anything the government doesn't like. Now, early on, brilliant men asked basic questions about this theory that this came from a wet market and then somehow got into a dog, that got into a cat, that got into a bat, and then somebody ate the bat, and then all of a sudden the whole world got COVID-19. There were scientists that were raising red flags in China saying that's not what happened, and then they became some of the disappeared ones. And when people started asking questions about a government that you cannot trust, the Chinese government, 
the American media immediately, because they knew that it could hurt Donald Trump's chance of getting reelected, reelected if, if COVID spread and he lost control of the economy and he couldn't run off it anymore. They immediately said anyone who mentions anything else besides their theory, which is the Chinese Communist government propaganda, is a conspiracy theorist, is crazy, should be silent, should not be listened to, should be shut down on social media. In fact, we now have emails that prove what I'm saying is true. We have emails from Fauci to social media's uh, companies like Facebook and Zuckerberg going, hey, let's work together. Let's silence anyone that says anything that is against what you're telling us, which is the Chinese communist propaganda. I'm going to play for you a montage of what the media was doing back in 2020 because they were so desperate to hurt Donald Trump that they didn't care if what they were saying was true or not. If it was coming from the communist government, they didn't care if it was propaganda. They didn't care if it was going to cost people their lives. A great example of this, by the way, a great example of this is hydroxychloroquine. We're now being told that they believe it could have saved upwards of 400,000 lives in America if governors and states wouldn't have said no to that being used. If the media and if Fauci wouldn't have been against it because Donald Trump touted it or even mentioned it. He didn't even tout it first. Remember, he just mentioned it. And immediately they're like, he's not a doctor. He didn't know what he's talking about. No, you shouldn't be taking hydroxychloroquine. Well, now we know actually it, when you put it with zinc and some other things, vitamin D was pretty effective. They hated Donald Trump so much. They were so psychotic and wanted to destroy his life so much that they were willing to let you die to get him out of office. And I'm going to play the audio to prove it. Coming up next on the Mark Levin Show, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour three, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you tomorrow. So the media, they have no shame. It's got to be fun to be these scumbags in the media. They're now blaming Donald Trump for (laughs) the Wuhan lab leak story being treated as fake news. When they were the ones that mocked Donald Trump and U.S. Senator Tom Cotton for saying COVID could have leaked from a Chinese lab. Now, let's be very clear about what they said early on. They didn't say definitively that it came from a Chinese lab. But the media immediately came up with a conspiracy theory to try to say that Donald Trump is pushing xenophobia against the Chinese. Right? This is that there's nothing factual to, to support what he's saying. 
Same thing for Tom Cotton. We see the headlines in the New York Times or the Washington Post or wherever the hell else they put it. You know, you know, Tom Cotton pushing a conspiracy theory. Why? He's crazy and unhinged. Dun, dun, dun. Major media mocked Donald Trump and Tom Cotton for saying that COVID leaked from a Chinese lab or could have leaked. Let me remind you of how much sustain they had for the possibility for the idea that this could have happened. And remember, the media was doing nothing but doing the bidding for the Chinese communist government at this point. And Fauci was helping as well. That's what they were doing. Fauci was pushing the same propaganda for months and months and months, even though apparently in private he was warning others that it may have come out of the lab based on his emails. Now, why is Fauci telling the American people the propaganda of the Chinese government? Why isn't he standing up for our interests? That's the other question that everybody in the media should be asking. Of course, they're not. No, no, no. no. Instead, they said anyone that believed... Anything else than what they told you to believe, which was it came from some bats hanging out with some dogs and some cats in a wet market in Wuhan, that you were crazy. Take a listen. It suggests that the kind of bat from which this virus jumped to humans wasn't even present there. But you know the worst of all, whether it came from the lab or came from the bats, or came, it all came from China. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. I'm telling you, the Chi-Coms are trying to weaponize this thing. Conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh with zero proof suggesting a Chinese bioweapon lab is to blame. There's this question about the Wuhan lab. We know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. And there is simply no reason to believe that 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 is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that. Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia um, with respect to um, the Chinese has just as much factual support as taking Clorox. He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in captivity. Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, it's very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Well, let let me just stop right there with Fauci for a moment. Fauci is telling you exactly what the Chinese communist government's telling him to tell you. He's telling you exactly what their scientists are being told with a gun to their head to tell the world. And Fauci's going on TV going, yeah, there's no other explanation for this except from a bat. Even though we know that there's been material put on the Internet at this point that he knows about from scientists in China who are saying, no, this is not what's happening in the world. And then that gets taken down and many of those scientists disappear. We also know that the people that originally got sick worked in the lab, not in the wet market. The first people to be treated for COVID or what we would find out to be COVID 
were treated in Wuhan and they worked in the lab. So why keep pushing this propaganda? Because the media wanted to make sure Donald Trump didn't get reelected. So I wanted to ask, are you still confident that it developed naturally? Now, this is the question. As this story started to unravel, but it already worked, right? The damage has already been done. Donald Trump's no longer the president. You fast forward a year, you get us to where we are now, and you get somebody to ask you the tough question. So are you, are you convinced it's, you know, it's from the lab or, or, or from Wuhan, you know, the wet mark? What do, you, what do you think? What do you think, Fauci? 2021, man, things sure do change quick, don't they? It only takes a year. No, actually, I, that's the point that I said. No, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China. I, I'm sorry. We should continue to investigate what went on in China. I, I, I didn't even know you guys were investigating because the WHO is not investigating this. Right. The World Health Organization has been locked out. So this idea that you guys are investigating anything is pretty laughable, to be honest with you. Who's investigating anything right now? Can someone tell me? Because I don't know where it is. So fast forward to 2021 when the media can just say whatever the hell they want to and no one holds them accountable. The media is now saying it's Trump's fault that we refuse to investigate the lab leak theory. Really? That's now what you're telling me? You're, you're now telling me it's Trump's fault that we refuse to investigate the lab leak theory. That's what you want me to believe when you're the guys the last year that have been saying that Tom Cotton's a conspiracy theorist, that Donald Trump is unhinged, that Donald Trump is crazy. We now have data to show that apparently up to 400,000 people could have lived instead of died if, they, if the media wouldn't have gone hard anti-hydroxychloroquine and governors and hospitals wouldn't have said no to it because Donald Trump mentioned it. It's important to remember that part of the issue when this was first being reported on and discussed back a few months after the pandemic had begun was that then-President Trump and Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, Secretary of State, both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab, and they also suggested it was not released on purpose, but they refused to release the evidence showing what it was. And so because of that, that made this instantly political. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay, so it's now Donald Trump's fault. And Mike Pompeo's fault that they told the world they believed that it might or could have come from a lab. And it's their fault that it became a conspiracy theory that we declared a conspiracy theory because they didn't give us what we in the media demanded we needed to, to see, the facts. You guys weren't willing to listen to the facts. The president could have walked out there and given you everything. You guys still would have said, nope, can't go with that because we got to get you out of office. The media's not done with this new conspiracy theory. Listen to this on CNN. Problem of the of the Trump of uh, President Trump uh, throughout the pandemic was because everything was so politicized. You couldn't possibly even raise this this idea without becoming some kind of a crazy, wacky Trumper who. Had- oh, okay. So the scientists are now saying they couldn't come out and tell you the truth because then you would become a crazy, wacky Trumper. Well, who was making you into the crazy, wacky Trumper? It's the media, the same media that you're sitting there bloviating to right now on national TV. The same people that are interviewing you morons 
are the same people you're saying, well, this is why we couldn't come out. This is why we couldn't, you know, tell you the truth because we didn't want to be accused of being a crazy Trumper. The media that you're talking to on MSNBC right now is the media that would have done this to you. Couldn't possibly even raise this this idea without becoming some kind of a crazy, wacky Trumper who has, you know, spreading fake news. Only when Trump's pandemic hoax, just a bad flu, too much testing is the problem, BS failed, and we were way behind on the fight against a deadly pandemic, they needed to distract China, a convenient target. Donald China, a convenient target. It came from China, you moron. I, I, I love being lectured. It's amazing to me that the Chinese Communist Network, CNN, allows Cuomo to continue to say this crap on TV. And, and they wonder why their ratings are down. Was it 70% in prime time? This dude is giving advice to his brother on how to stay in office while claiming at the same time to be a journalist. This dude's got cotton swabs on TV talking about how his brother's getting the women. And his brother's under investigation right now. And they're now wanting to, you know, subpoenaing documents with his book. He's making money off people dying. This is a guy that says, oh, well, I can't cover my brother's scandals because he's my brother. But I can, I, can, I can attack Donald Trump again. I mean, the idea that CNN even allows him on TV right now is unbelievable to me. Not only do they let him on, but they let him go on and say this kind of crap. That only supports the Chinese Communist government and their propaganda. You know, you, you listen to this right now and you say, who benefits from any of this? China. They're laughing every day at us, how stupid we are, our media, that they were able to influence. I mean, again, you go back to the, the, the Democrats' obsession, right, with, with foreign government interference in our elections. China, with a virus, if you want to be honest, probably changed American history with Donald Trump not winning re-election. Without COVID-19, Donald Trump would be the president of the United States of America right now, I would argue. The, the numbers back me up. The statistics back me up. The econ- economic numbers were incredible. His approval rating was where it needed to be. Donald Trump was on a road to re-election. COVID-19 changed it all. Changed all of it. And for a party that is obsessed, right, with collusion and foreign government interference, they sure have no problem pushing the propaganda of the Chinese Communist government, do they? They seem to have no issue with it at all. But there you go. You got Fredo out there pushing these lies, pandering to the American people, telling you how awful things are. And it's all Donald Trump's fault. Only when Trump's pandemic hoax, just a bad flu, too much testing is the problem, BS failed, and we were way behind on the fight against a deadly pandemic, they needed to distract China, a convenient target. Donald Trump had people talking about... But uh, Before I go to MSNBC here and what they're about to say, China, the convenient target. That's, that's what CNN's pushing in prime time. China, the convenient target. What other country did you want to blame this on, you dumb A's over at CNN? 
seriously, what other country would you blame it on? You you want to blame it on Mexico? You want to you want to blame it on Bangladesh? You want to blame it on Canada? You want to blame it on Ireland or or Israel? I mean, who do you want to blame it on? Somebody tell me at CNN. Who do you want to blame it on? Because you're saying, well, it's convenient you blame China. It came from China. Do do you really want Donald Trump to come out and blame it on somebody else when we all know it came from China? Are you implying that it didn't come from China? Oh, it's convenient to blame China for the Chinese Wuhan virus that came from China. Isn't that convenient? This is how dumb they are at CNN. And they put this propaganda on the air. They're like, well, it's con- it is convenient. You put it on China. What other country would you put it on, you idiots? I'm sure some of you liberal woke people out there are angry. You can, you can tweet at me. Send me a message on Parler, Telegram, or you can download my podcast. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We're going to remind you his new book's coming out. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. Make sure you get it. It's going to be a great summer read. So make sure you get your copy ASAP, and you can do it ahead of time. On D-Day, you want to know what Kamala Harris was doing? We just got word. She was handing out cookies of herself. I'm not kidding. It's not fake news. It's real. <laughs> So she sends out, top 10 signs you're narcissist. Send out a picture of yourself on Memorial Day weekend telling people to have a nice long weekend. On D-Day, giving out cookies of yourself. Yeah, that's who's running our country right now. And over at CNN, they got a new conspiracy. This is amazing. I mean, it really is. The new conspiracy theory is, It sure was convenient to blame China for the COVID-19 Wuhan virus. Yeah, blame. Yeah, Donald Trump was, you know, in in retrospect, I mean, it was sure was convenient to blame them Chinese people for a virus that came from China. They needed to distract China, a convenient target. Yeah, China. Just curious, who else would you who else would you blame for the 
COVID-19 virus, Cuomo. I'm, I'm serious. Tell me, tell me who else? Who, who should he have blamed? Should Donald Trump have come and said, hey, hey I don't want to, I, I don't want to, you know, point fingers or anything here. So let's not say it's the Chinese, but maybe it is. Well, I don't think we should be saying the Chinese released this thing or it came from their wet market. No, we, we shouldn't do that. Let's, let's not do that, folks. We can't. Can't do that. No, no, no. That would be mean. Yeah, convenient, right? Oh, yeah. So now the conspiracy theories, they get even better. If you think CNN was the only one getting on this, you're wrong. MSNBC? Yeah. It's Trump's fault that we refused to investigate the Chinese lab leak theory because, well, Donald Trump said it's so therefore we couldn't actually believe it. It's actually his fault now. That's how we're going to cover our AWSs for the last year of lying to the American people. We're going to blame Donald Trump for it. That's how we that's how we roll now in the media. That's what we do. This is how we make sure we distract that you understand that this it wasn't our fault, folks. We just we couldn't trust Trump. Trump had people talking about Donald Trump, including us, 24 hours a day. Under the Trump administration, every single day, as you rightly describe, uh, we were dealing with the circus and P.T. Barnum. In the scientific community, there was almost a kind of allergic reaction to the suggestion of a lab leak because it sounded more like something that Donald Trump was trying to deploy as a political deflection to take attention off his own administration. And the problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election, is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. If the chief and loudest advocate for something is a race-baiting liar who lies all the time and has done things to contribute to, for example, the rise in hate crimes, you can understand why people don't want to get near that. Trumpers who were complicit in playing down the pandemic reality in America are now seeing more interest in the China lab theory as some kind of vindication. Vindication, folks. Yeah, it's a vindication. Yeah, no, we're not actually just trying to figure out, like, where it came from and who should be held accountable for it. Let's talk about reparations. You want to talk about reparations? I'm in favor of reparations. I think it's time for China to pay up. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back with you tomorrow. And uh, as you know, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. 
So I think I can mention this, Mr. Producer, right? If you show me a little love, I will be uh, on Outnumbered for the entire hour, noon Eastern on Thursday. So please set your DVR, show a little love. I'd appreciate it. I hope you get to watch Thursday again. I'll be on Outnumbered on Fox News Channel. All right, I want to get back to your phone calls. The number one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. The media is now blaming Donald Trump for the reason why they didn't investigate the coronavirus Wuhan lab leak theory, which they said was debunked, which they said was a conspiracy theory, which they said anyone that believes it's crazy. You want to know how corrupt the people are, by the way, around Fauci? I'll give you another example of how corrupt they are. Scientists, or a scientist to be exact, who told Fauci that COVID-19 possibly was engineered, then argued the opposite in public, then deleted his Twitter account after he was busted. A virologist who co-wrote an article in March 2020 arguing against the lab leak theory regarding COVID-19 origins has deleted his Twitter account amid scrutiny after unearthed emails show that he told Dr. Fauci just weeks prior that some of the features of the virus potentially look engineered. Same thing that Senator Rand Paul has said, right? That this was created on purpose in a lab to make it deadly on purpose. This virologist, Anderson, a professor at Scripps Research Institute, has now fallen under the microscope after a trove of emails from Fauci, director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, were obtained by the media last week through a Freedom of Information Act request. Now, Anderson wrote Fauci on January the 31st, 2020. Think about that date. That the unusual features of the virus will make up a really small part of the genome, 0.10. So one has to look really closely at the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. In other words, I'm raising a red flag. This may not have come out of the Wuhan market. NBC News reported that just four days after the email to Fauci, Anderson wrote in another email that suggestions that the virus was engineered were, quote, crackpot theories, adding, we have to look at this much more closely, and there are still further analysis to be done, so those opinions could still change. A few weeks later, on March 17, 2020, the journal Nature Medicine published an article by Anderson and four other researchers wherein they argued Quote, we do not believe any type of laboratory-based scenario is plausible. Okay, so you're lying to us. Why? Because you hate Trump? Because if it came out of a lab and it was created, a man-made creation of a virus that killed millions of people in the world, that it would actually go with what Donald Trump was telling us all along? Upon the emergence of the emails between Anderson and Fauci, people began calling out Anderson on social media and urging him to explain himself on his apparent about-face on the origins of COVID-19 in such a short period of time. Others criticized the NIH funding Anderson and scripts received following his public dismissal of the lab leak theory. In other words, maybe he just decided to tell everybody what Fauci told him to say, which is what the Chinese Communist government was telling him to say, so he could get some money. And several users accused the virologist of deleting thousands of tweets following the emergence of the emails. He ultimately just couldn't handle it, so he decided, all right, screw this. I'll just deactivate my account altogether. 
Newsweek also reported that before Anderson deleted his account, he defended himself. Tweeting in response to a question on his email to Fauci, we thought on preliminary look that the virus could have been engineered and or manipulated. Turns out the data suggested otherwise, which is the conclusion of our paper. (laughs) Okay, sure, we believe you now. Anderson told Newsweek, quote, conspiracies have created a narrative where we all dismissed it, the lab leak hypothesis, out of, out of hand. That's absurd and couldn't be further from the truth. It just, it's just that the data don't support the hypothesis. Okay, sure. There it is. You want to believe these people? Because I don't. one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. Let me go to Donna in Orlando, Florida on line four. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi, Ben. How are you? You're doing a great job. Thank you say. so much. I, I wanted to share with you that our 40-year-old daughter lives in Burundi, Africa, and is an international journalist. So in order to travel to another country, she had to get a COVID test. Middle of last month, she tested positive. They immediately gave her hydroxychloroquine. And Shouldn't have said, taken that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't take that. Remember that? Donald Trump mentioned the word, so it's bad. Yeah, I know. But apparently Burundians don't understand. <laughs> or they don't give a crap about the media in America. Yeah, she said they are serious about these drugs, and she got hydroxychloroquine the minute asymptomatic she tested positive. She had to get the test to fly to another country to do her work. And you know, you, you got to think about how sick in the head you got to be, how deranged you have to be, to be willing to come out against a, a, a prescription, a medicine that has been helping people for decades just because you hate the president of the United States of America so much that when he mentioned it, you just want to be against it for that reason. You had people that were banning the use of this drug because Donald Trump mentioned it. And also it was used for lupus patients here in America for the last 45 years. And my friend who did pass away from lupus took hydroxychloroquine. And it sure. really helped keep the lungs clear. Look, it was this was not a controversial drug until Donald Trump mentioned it. And then once he mentioned it, they lost their minds. Nuts. Yeah, really? Don't take medical advice Whoa. from the media. And don't take medical advice from people like Kamala Harris. That's, that, that's what I can tell you. Don't do it. Bipartisan truth, it should be. Yeah, it should be nonpartisan. A drug should not be political. Yet, leave it to this media to push a communist Chinese propaganda story for a year and to attack Donald Trump and then afterwards say, well, it's Donald Trump's fault because that's now what they're saying. They're saying, we couldn't believe you, Donald Trump, because you're such a conspiracy theorist that it's actually your fault that we didn't investigate the Wuhan lab leak theory. It's your fault. That's what they're telling you now. All right. Thank you, Donna. I'm glad your daughter is okay. one 381 3811 Let me go to Brenton, Los Angeles, California. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Hi. God bless you, Ben. And thank you for reclaiming our sacred D-Day. 
But what I wanted to do was rework the question. I would have asked it like this. Why did Biden and the CCP Democrat socialists disgracefully cancel our country's history, culture, courage, masculinity, heroism, and our son's sacrifice dying for freedom and liberty on of all days D-Day? Or, as Don Quixote might ask, why did American boys choose to march into hell for a heavenly cause? I would say it's very simple, the answer. The Democratic Party wants this generation to be ashamed of this country. They want you to be ashamed of the color of your skin if it's white. They want you to be ashamed of what this country accomplished. And they want you to believe that this country is a racist, bigoted nation that needs to be totally redone. And that's how you bring in socialism. We're raising a generation right now with critical race theory, to be ashamed of themselves and also to be ashamed of America. But to be ashamed of God and civilization as well. Well, they don't even mention God anymore. You can kiss that goodbye, bro. I mean, you, you got you, you got the a, a administration that I think, it, what was it, Mr. Producer, was the National Day of Prayer? What was it where they didn't even mention God in their proclamation about the day? Yeah, I think it was like National Day of Prayer where they, they like put a proclamation out without even mentioning God or prayer. It, it, I mean, that's and that's hard to do. Like that's that's a whole nother level of being deliberate. You know, the thing is, they're not dishonest. So we have to take them at their word or their lack of words. We have to just recognize them for what and who they are. I, I keep telling people it's not a conspiracy theory if they're the ones telling it to you. If they're telling you they're, they're socialists, believe them. If they tell you, you should be that they're ashamed of America, believe them. If they tell you they want to become a communist country, believe them. Like they're not lying; they're telling you exactly what their goal is. Yeah, and there are authentic conspiracies, and they're fake and fraudulent and ridiculous conspiracies. I, I agree with you there. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. One eight seven seven three eight one. 3811, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Don't forget, I'd love to keep up with you. Uh, you can grab my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Telegram, Parlor. Yeah, they kicked me off Facebook, so there's not that one anymore. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S.
Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He will be back with you tomorrow. All right, I want to get back to your phone calls. The number 1-800 or one eight seven seven three eight one three eight eleven. Let me get to uh let me go now to Dave in Indiana. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin show. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi. Thanks for letting me uh thanks for taking my call. My question becomes uh is so much of what China is involved with it and the fact that uh, the Biden administration uh has a history through Hunter and through when Biden was vice president with China, that China really doesn't want anybody in but Biden's. So it kind of makes me wonder if the uh, coronavirus actually came out of China to uh, be involved with the United States. Uh, would get Trump, well, Trump. Uh, let me say this. I think China has leverage over Biden. I think they have leverage because who knows what they really have on Hunter Biden, right? Who knows what they have on Joe Biden's brother, for that matter, the bag man for the family. I mean, Biden's family is nothing more than the mafia. They're a political mafia, but that's what they are. They're a mafia. Well, Eric Swalwell had a spy working for him, so it doesn't seem like the the Chinese are pretty well involved with the Democrats, a lot of it. And so, you know, to put this pandemic out there, China doesn't care about life. You know, what their lives are over there, they don't care if they lose people. They they didn't care— that their own people were going to die from this thing. I think once they realized it was out, whether it was on purpose or by accident, they realized, and I really do believe there's one of two options here. Uh, option number one is this got out by accident once they realized how de- deadly it was going to be, how damning it was going to be their country. They said, all right, we got to let it go to the rest of the world, so we're still on a level playing field. Okay, that's, that's option one. Option two is they let it get out on purpose, and they want to try to take financial advantage, economic advantage, of knowing what it was and maybe getting it first and then be able to come back from it. You get my point? Correct. Well, you know, uh, it's, uh, they have manipulated the monetary system, the imports and exports through a lot of countries. Uh, this wouldn't be anything different than what they were trying to do with, with those two items of manipulating to get what they want. Well, you look at what Donald Trump said over this weekend and and what he was saying about it's time to hold China accountable for what they did. He's right. They, I mean, it, it, you want to talk about reparations? Let's talk about reparations. It's time for China to pay up. China needs to pay, not just us, but the rest of the world. I, and I don't even care. I, I'll say it selfishly. I don't care about the rest of the world. They can do what they want to do, right? Other countries can fend for themselves on the financial side of things. But Donald Trump was right when he said it's time for us to to fight back as in financially hold them accountable for what they did to our country. Look at how much money it cost us. Look at it. I mean, we're talking about an unbelievable amount of money. That this that this country, because they didn't warn us, they 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 didn't tell us how bad it was going to be. They didn't try to stop it. They allowed it to get out to the rest of the world. And I would argue it's time to make them pay. I mean, it, we, we need to demand, and again, I'll play this for you. This is Trump in his own words in Greenville, North Carolina. He said about, and again, I quote, he said to the, to the American people, we deserve some sort of financial, you know, compensation for what they did to us. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. 
We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. They must pay. You think Joe Biden would ever say that? Hell no. You think he'd ever say that directly to the leadership in China? Of course not. Never have the guts to say that. Whether, whether it's because, I mean, hell, they're pushing the propaganda of the Chinese communist government, for that matter. And they're certainly, for whatever they've got on his son or him or his brother, I mean, it, without China, Hunter Biden doesn't really exist the way he does now. The amount of money he was able to get from the Chinese, you know, from loans, the government, whatever you want to call it. I would argue they probably have something on him, certainly on his brother. But you're not going to get the words that I just played you from Trump, from Biden, or Harris, or anybody else. It ain't going to happen. I appreciate the phone call, my friend. I'd love to keep up with you. Marco Van will be back tomorrow. You can download my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's free. Follow me on Twitter, on Parler, Telegram. I'll see you back here real soon. Marco Van will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 